We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Spins away, baseline shot, Shea puts it in, and walks it off in OKC. Giddy keeps it himself and takes it up as he glides with the finger roll. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast post-game edition. I'm your host for the night, Jacob Niffin, as the Thunder lose to the Los Angeles Lakers, 123-117. to Fifth loss in a row. We are proudly part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. If you don't already, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Drop that five-star rating for us. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok. Once again, the Thunder, fifth loss in a row out of the All-Star break tonight to the underhanded Los Angeles Lakers. 123 to 117, six-point loss. Thunder just couldn't get over the hump at the end. We're here to break it all down with you guys, though. I have some big takeaways. We'll go step-by-step through the game, recap what happened, talk about a player of the game, hit all your chat questions. So if you're joining live, I know a lot of Thunder fans had a lot of feelings tonight. Get them in the chat. I'll answer them all. I'd love to. Going to have some of my takeaways as some bigger picture stuff as well. So we'll see how this show goes. My big takeaways from this game tonight. Number one would be Josh Giddy bounce back game. I thought Josh was awesome tonight. Last night, uh, last night being against the Sacramento Kings, where Josh played a career low in minutes and was like a minus 32. Thunder fans were dragging this man. Um, can I understand why? Josh played a very poor game. Josh has really struggled out of the all-star break. I thought he played great tonight. I think a lot of times we lose perspective on some of this. Uh, Josh is still not 21 years old yet. Uh, he's a 20-year-old kid. J-Dub is like a year and a half older than him. Like Things are going to be up and down. That's okay. I thought Josh had a very much up game tonight, which is very encouraging after a very down game. We're going to dive into a little more into Josh here in a bit. But takeaway number one, Josh Giddy bounce back game. Takeaway number two, the two lines. I'll get more descriptive with that later, but takeaway number two, the two lines. 
Takeaway number three, bench play. And takeaway number four, I only got four for you tonight. Thunder reactions. Lots of reactions from people. Uh, Lots of feelings. It's nice that the fan base is riled up again. They're no longer dormant. We got feelings. We're going to talk about them. It's like a therapy session tonight. So if you got feelings, drop them in the chat. I'd love to answer your questions. Read your comments. uh, Comments on your comments, whatever. So drop them in the chat. Let's hit the step-by-step game summary first, though. If this is your first time joining me on a voyage through a post-game podcast, we have here on the Uncontested, we have like uh, kind of like an outline where we all kind of go through our post-games in the same manner. However, we all have our own spin. And my spin is on these game takeaways or the step-by-steps. Uh, I just take notes throughout the game, just things that pop into my head. I write down in my notes app as I'm watching, and then I come on here and I talk about them. Uh, A lot of times those notes turn into tweets. So if you follow the uncontested on twitter.com, you've probably already seen some of these before, but let's get started. First quarter, uh, my note is interesting starting lineup. Uh, The Thunder tonight started Josh Giddy, J-Dub. Lou Dort, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and Jay Will. So they start two bigs. It is a brand new starting lineup. Has not, I don't know if that lineup's played any minutes together this year. Definitely hasn't started this year. Uh, an interesting one for sure. Two bigs on the floor. And my first thought whenever that starting lineup came across the board was there's not a lot of offense. J Dub can create his own shot. Lou Dort will shoot. It's just going to be very inefficient. Um, Josh works best in a system. The two bigs uh, struggle on the offensive end. And that proved to be the case. Um, The Lakers tonight without LeBron, without AD, without D'Angelo Russell, felt like a good chance for the Thunder to pick up a win and get out of the slump. Uh, Alas, they did not do that. So Thunder go down 10-2 to start the game but then bounce right back with three straight threes to go up 11 to 10. I had a tweet in the chamber that said, this lineup cannot score the ball. And then they went on a 9-0 run in like 50 seconds. And I was like, well, can't tweet that anymore. Uh, my next note, J. Will's drop D is giving up Beasley threes. Um, it happened a lot in that first quarter. I think that's maybe why they kind of went away from J. Will later in the game. J. Will does a lot of great things. Uh, He's a great charge taker. He's a great ball mover. Uh, He's a very high cerebral, intelligent player. But he drops so deep in drop coverage that it just gives guys wide, wide open shots. And uh, I I think that hurt OKC early on in this game. Uh, And then the Thunder struggled early, but finished the quarter strong. Uh, I thought even though the offense was struggling at the beginning, they really turned it on. And the first quarter, they're actually only go into quarter number two, down one, 31 to 30. So I thought overall, they bounced back well after the very poor start. Um, I had a a tweet. I, I don't have it pulled up, but uh, actually, actually, I have it coming up right here. So um, second quarter, I thought Lindy Waters came in first game on an actual NBA contract. Shout out Lindy Waters. Get that money, my guy. 
I thought Lindy came in and gave great minutes. He had like this super emphatic block in the lane, like threw somebody's shit back to the three-point line. He splashed a three. He was just like making really smart plays, playing really gritty on defense. I thought arguably probably his best minutes ever on an NBA court. Like I thought he played really well in this second quarter. Um, ball And the ball was really zipping around with that unit, that second unit. That second unit being Trey Mann, Lindy Waters, um, Isaiah Joe, J-Dub, and Dario Saric. Just lots and lots of ball movement. There were multiple possessions where the ball touches all five guys' hands. It's zipping around. There's no dribbles. It was really pretty basketball. And really, it got the Thunder back into the game. Uh, my next note says, Dario, that Dario, Dario is awesome. The passing is so good. I got to admit, like, I don't didn't watch a lot of Dario Saric before he came to the Thunder. Like, I had seen him play in Minnesota way back in the day. I had seen him play in Phoenix. But it's not like I'm sitting there, like, dissecting this guy's game. Past two nights, though, you can see that he's getting more comfortable with this team. But also, you can just see the way he fits the style this team wants to play. He is a big who can shoot the three, who can put the ball on the floor. He's got this, like, he's not athletic at all. He's not super big. But when he drives to the bucket, he's just got this funky kind of pace to him. And he can, like, bounce off contact and initiate contact. And he's just, he's very patient with his game, I think is the best way to describe it. Really patient. And the the passing just really jumped off the page to me tonight. He really fits offensively what this team wants to do. Like, it is a really good fit. Will he be here? I was having, I, I can't remember who it was. I, I'd, I'd like to give them credit. I was having a conversation on Twitter tonight uh, with a Thunder fan talking about Dario. I don't know if he's back next year, right? The, the Thunder have a first-round pick coming in that they have to clear space for. I assume that's going to be the Lindy Waters contract. They're going to cut Lindy. They're going to um, slide their first-round pick into that spot. And then he got like three second round, four second round picks this summer. So do you need to open up another roster spot? Uh, Dario Saric is a free agent this summer. How much is he going to cost coming off the ACL? Yada, yada, yada. He just kind of fits what this team wants to do though. And I, I was very impressed tonight. The past two nights, Dario has really jumped off the page to me. Um, really awesome. I, I, I just thought he was really, really good. Uh, my next note, Lindy's maybe playing the best defense I've ever seen. And then the last one of the half, I said three-point lead heading into the half. Since the two-minute mark in the first quarter, the Thunder are on a 44-29 to 29 run. They went from down 12 to up three. And they actually gave up uh, a few buckets at the end of the half. If they hadn't, they would have gone into half like up six points. And it would have been an even bigger run. It would have been like 44-26. to 26. But I just thought that second quarter looked really, really good. Um, going into halftime, I felt very positive about the Thunder winning this game just because I thought they'd struggled early. They had found what worked, though, and, and they were fine-tuning it. I thought they had gotten to a really nice defensive rhythm. But alas, we come out of halftime, and the Lakers go on a 10-2 run to start the half. Um, and... Lou Dort was just taking some really bad shots. Uh, that's kind of become a theme of his. 
you don't really like to see it. Uh, we talk a whole lot about how when Shea's back and then eventually whenever they have Chet and whoever else they bring in, Lou's role will be diminished offensively. I'm starting to question that because Lou would have to accept his role diminishing. Um, that dude just makes some really poor offensive decisions, and I've thought he's really struggled on defense as of late. Um, it's a really, really rough time for Lou. Uh, it's led to a lot of the fan base. Uh, you could argue me included, like questioning his long-term fit. I know the the coaching staff loves him. The players love him. The front office loves him. If you made me bet, I would say he doesn't finish his contract in OKC. Um, just the, the style that they play on offense, especially now, with Shea, with Dub, with Giddy, uh, with all these guys. It, it's kind of clear that Lou doesn't really fit. Uh, so it's going to be interesting moving forward. Um, but after that 10-2 run, the Thunder respond with their own 7-0 run. Uh, and Josh Giddy just playing a hell of a game. I, I noted here what a bounce back. Josh was awesome tonight. We'll touch on him in just a second. Jay Will takes two charges in the quarter. But we get another Lakers run, 12-2. That put OKC back down five, and they end up down six at the quarter. This game was just runs one way and then runs another way. It was never like, you know, hey, this five-minute stretch, it was 10 to eight. And then this five-minute stretch, it was 14 to 12. It was five-minute stretch of 10 to two, and then five-minute stretch of 12 and 0, and just constantly back and forth. It was kind of exhausting, to be honest. So the Thunder go into the fourth quarter down six. Uh, they have a tough start. They get all the way down to nine. Uh, and with about eight minutes left, nine minutes left, Coach Degnall swaps out Dario Saric for JRE. Um, I think that was specifically for defensive purposes. Saric was dropping on screens. It was allowing Schroeder to come off of screens open and a chance to attack open space or it was resulting in Malik Beasley coming off a screen into an open shot. So I think that swap happened because JRE of the bigs available tonight, which was J will JRE uh, and Saric JRE is the only one that's comfortable switching screens and, and playing defense out in isolation against a small. And I thought that's why they went to that. Uh, the Lakers got the lead all the way up to 13 with six minutes left. My note says, this one might be over. It felt like a very big stretch there um, to get it to 13. I just kind of felt like the Thunder were sunk. But they get it down to six with four minutes left. And they're just fighting back. They had a chance. There was actually a point where it was down to five. And Josh Giddy fires a cross-court pass to Isaiah Joe for a three that just rims out. That could have got it down to two. Lou Dort uh, fouls right after that sends Austin Reeves to the free throw line. Um, and that kind of did it in. I think that Isaiah Joe would have been the uh, the catalyst. But the same story, OKC just cannot get over the hump. And then tons of fouls down the stretch. Really close it out. So that's our game-by-game game summary, or game-by-game, play-by-play summary of the game. Let's get back into some of those big takeaways. So my first one was Josh Giddy bounce back game after a very poor performance on Tuesday night against the Sacramento Kings. I thought Josh Giddy came out tonight and had one of 
his definitely his best game since the all-star break. One of his best games, maybe all season. Josh goes for 22 points on 10 of 17 shooting. He was only one of four from three. You would like to see him hit another one of those. He had nine rebounds and 11 assists. The box score says a minus 17 for Josh or yeah, for Josh. That feels like it doesn't pass the eye test. Doesn't pass the smell test. I thought Josh was much better than that tonight. And like I said earlier, coming off of a very poor performance, poor handful of performances coming out of the All-Star break, 20-year-old kid. Um, I know he's played a lot of, well, quote, unquote, a lot of NBA games. He's like a little over 100 at this point. He's still got such a long ways to go, right? He is so young. And I thought this was a very nice sign of a bounce-back game. And even post-game, Mark Dagnall talked about how he thought Josh got fouled a lot and didn't get to the line as much as he should have. Uh, I would maybe agree with that because tonight was the type of Josh game that I absolutely love. He didn't settle for the three. He play made for others. But even more importantly to me, he was in attack mode from the word go. In that first quarter, he had multiple plays where he either got a rebound or off a defensive rebound, they passed to him. And he just pushes the ball up the court as hard as possible and attacks the basket. There were a lot of times where they either, they being the Lakers, either had Malik Beasley or Dennis Schroeder guarding Josh Giddy. And at some point, Josh Giddy realized, oh, I have seven inches and about 50 pounds on Dennis Schroeder. I'm just going to go at the dude's chest every time and finish over the top of him. And what I really liked about that was they weren't post-ups. Like Josh's game isn't posting up. It was, I'm going to go off the dribble. I'm going to drive right at you. I'm going to escort you down to the basket and I'm going to lay it up. You can tell the difference in Josh's aggressiveness in the game by the way he finishes at the rim. If he drives in and he is pulling up three, four, five feet short of the basket and shooting that little floating runner, he's not being aggressive. But if he's going in and he's finishing uh, almost like finger roll style underhand uh, at the rim and laying it off the glass, that's when he is being aggressive. He's getting closer to the basket and he's putting his body on guys and moving them out of the way. I thought he did that a lot tonight uh, and it was a very, very welcome sight. It's going to take him a while to get used to being more physical and trying to dominate other guys. He's a kid. Like It's going to take some time. Poku was just now learning how to do that before the injury, and this is his third year in the, in the league. It just takes time, right? That's why you see older vets not trying to use speed and athleticism, but instead trying to use leverage and angles and physicality to get buckets. It just it it comes with experience, it comes with age, it comes with wisdom. Josh is getting there, but again, a very, very long runway to go. It's also kind of exciting because he's already picking up how to do that, and he's still got a lot of physical development to go as far as adding on muscle to his frame. Uh, I remember preseason, I think, Dagnault, talked about Josh and his size and how they feel like he can put on another 10 or 15 pounds. If Josh can play at 6'8", 235, 6'8", 240, I mean, we're talking like a Ben Simmons-sized guy 
and Josh Giddy. And I think, I mean, he would be a wrecking ball. He would be awesome playing at that weight. So just a lot of development to go, but I thought tonight's game from Josh, very impressive. Uh, I was very, very happy with what I saw. My next takeaway, the two lines. What I mean by that is the free throw line and the three-point line. That is where this game was lost for the Thunder. Before I talk about the two lines, I want to talk about some other statistics. Field goal percent. The Thunder actually shoot better. 48.5 versus 47.5. Um, rebounds. The Thunder actually out-rebound the Lakers 42 to 41. They have more offensive rebounds, 12 to 10. They have more assists, 29 to 22. Steals are the same, eight to eight. Uh, the Lakers got more blocks, eight to four. Turnovers, 13 to 13. Thunder actually dominate in fast break points, 25 to seven. And they dominate in points in the paint, 60 to 34. The biggest difference, though, is the two lines. At the three point line, the Lakers shoot nearly 46%, 16 of 35. The Thunder shoot 27%, only almost 20 percentage points lower at 11 and 40. So the Thunder take five more threes, but make five less threes. So they got outscored by 15 points at the three-point line in a six-point loss. Feels pretty massive. Right, that's the first place where the Thunder lost this game. Lakers shooting nearly fifty percent from three is a killer. The Thunder just couldn't buy one. Uh, lots of guys shot very poor. Specifically, Lou Dort, one of seven. I tweeted tonight. Lou Dort is now eight of thirty-two from three-point line uh, after the break. That is a whopping twenty-five percent. He has been very poor, and I think some of them are just misses, and some of them are very poor shot quality. But. The first line is the three-point line where the Thunder just got schwacked. The other line is the free throw line. The Thunder shot 18 of 24 on free throws tonight, 75%. You'll live with that. That's fine. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
The problem is the Lakers shot 31 of 39 from the free throw line. That's 80%. Lakers got 15 more free throws and made 13 more free throws. So when you look at the free throw line plus the three-point line, the Thunder get outscored by 28 total points. You're just going to have a hard time winning a basketball game when that happens. When you get when you lose both of those battles, it's a very difficult time. Um, some of the fouls I thought were a little ticky-tack, um, but that's okay. Coach Dignall after the game said that they just want consistency. Uh, they don't expect the refs to be perfect. They just want the same calls on both ends. He felt like uh, the calls were not equitable, that the whistle was a little bit tighter on one end than it was on the other. He felt like his guys, specifically J-Dub, Lou Dort, and Josh Giddy, were very aggressive going to the basket and not getting foul calls. Um, I mean, you can decide if you thought they were getting fouled or not, but it is not debatable that they did not get the calls, right? 15 less free throws. And we look at total fouls tonight. The Lakers committed 19 versus the Thunders 27. It's a pretty stark difference. So the two lines tonight uh, played a huge role in this game. Takeaway number three, bench play. The two benches were 48 to 48. Pretty even. Like you can't get more even than 48 to 48. I mentioned it during my game summary. But I just thought the Thunder bench played a great, great game. Uh, I want to read through these stats real quick. Uh, Dario, 15 minutes, 5 of 6 from the field for 13 points. Uh, He was awesome. He had 13 points, 2 rebounds. Lindy Waters came in and I thought gave a big spark. Lindy Waters, uh, team leading plus 16 tonight. He had 8 points on 2 of 5 from 3. He had a rebound, assist, a steal, and a block. Trey Mann only played nine minutes, got four points. Didn't see time in the second half, I don't believe. Isaiah Joe, five of 11 from the field, three of nine from three. He had 15 points, two rebounds, three assists, and a steal. Aaron Wiggins played 23 minutes. He had eight points on four of seven shooting. Also chipped in four rebounds, two steals, and a block. Every Thunder player minus Dario Saric was a positive in the plus minus. Uh, every Thunder player on the bench, um, except Trey Mann, one of three, and nearly Isaiah Joe, five of 11, shot better than 50% from the floor. Um, I just thought the bench played really good, considering that bench players were in the starting lineup because Shea is out, and considering that Kenrich Williams did not play, who was always a positive off the bench. When you consider that, I thought the Thunder, uh, the the bench looked very good tonight. They actually are really what kept OKC in the game. Lindy Waters and Trey Mann, uh, both with a very fat plus minus tonight. Uh, That's because they were on the court in the second quarter during that run. So shout outs to them. Final takeaway, Thunder fans' reactions. Things are getting a little spicy, folks. And this is definitely where I want. If you guys have thoughts about this uh, in the chat, please drop them. 0-5 since the All-Star break. People are uh, a little upset, and I love it. That means like we're passionate, and that's exactly what a fan base should be. It's a little disappointing, I got to admit. You know, they were playing so well. We had our eyes set on postseason play. 
but here's the thing, man. People like I I tweeted last night and I got a lot of interaction from this and I really appreciate you guys that I didn't know what I'm supposed to do. Am I supposed to hope for a, a win against the Lakers tonight and start planning a play-in party? Or should I be hitting tankathon spins and daydreaming about what Jairus Walker looks like on this team? And to my surprise, almost all the comments, all the replies on that tweet were people on board the tank. I was a little surprised by that. My advice, and who am I? I'm just some schmuck with a microphone, right? You don't have to listen to me. But my advice for Thunder fans, my unsolicited advice, is just ride the wave, man. Like, we are literally in a win-win scenario right now. If the Thunder win games, they are only, and let me get the the most recent standings pulled up uh, so I don't lie to you guys. The Thunder are currently... Two games out of the 10th place spot in the West, which will be a play-in game. Only two games. They are four games out of the 6th place spot, which would be a guaranteed playoff berth. Okay, two games and four games. That is, uh, the four games is difficult. The two games, very doable. Flip side, the Thunder are now 7th in the reverse standings. They are a half game away from sixth, and they are only two and a half games away from the fifth best lottery odds, which would net them a 42% chance at a top four pick and a 10.5% chance at the number one overall pick. Either way this team goes this season, for the rest of the season, the final 20-game stretch, we have a month and about a week of basketball, about five weeks of Thunder basketball. I mean, it's all gravy from here, man. Just ride it out and just enjoy it. None of us expected this this season. Shit, the over-under was 23 and a half. They've already surpassed that, right? This season, in my book, is already a massive success from a development standpoint. You, you now know that you have a certified star in Shea Gilgis-Alexander a top 15 guy in the league to build around. Like that is a massive thing to discover this season when you weren't expected to do anything. You know that you have a dog in J-Dub. This dude is legit at pick number 12. Like in all the, the rookie rankings, he's like two or three right now. He's a dude. You found that out this season. So you've added another core piece. You know Josh is going to be good. You found Isaiah Joe, who could be a major part of this rotation moving forward. You know you have Chet waiting in the wings. Like, you have done a lot of discovery this season while winning games and being competitive. You have put the league on notice. It's already been a success. So my advice would be, if they win games, cheer them on, get excited, and a play-in berth would be dope. It would be so much fun. And if they lose games, it's no sweat off your back because we get to watch these young guys continue to learn and develop. And you're going to end up with another really great rookie and a really great pick. And you know what? 
if they slide to the fifth or the sixth odds, I think I heard this stat today. Since the lottery odds have been flattened, a team between six and eight has jumped into the top four every year. Now, I don't know what's going to happen. But if the Thunder jumped to number one, if they miss the play-in, they lose a lot of games down the stretch here, and they jump to one, holy shit. You are bringing in Victor freaking Wembenyama, and everything is done. It's over. Like, the national narrative around this team will explode over the summer. If they make the play-in, everyone's going to be stoked because this is the team that wasn't supposed to be here, and they're the darlings, and it's setting up a future run where this team is just going to be awesome. It's all good, man. It's all good. I look at the starting lineup tonight. I know Shea is out. The starting lineup tonight, J-Dub, rookie. J-Will, rookie. J-R-E, second year. Josh Giddy, second year. Lou Dort, fourth year. Oldest guy on the floor was 24. You compare that to the Lakers starting lineup, Vanderbilt's young. But besides that, I mean, Beasley and Schroeder have been in the league for forever. They are starting like such young guys. You look at the bench unit tonight. Uh, Dario Saric has been around for a while. He's the vet. Lindy Waters literally just got his first contract like three days ago. Trey Mann, second year. Aaron Wiggins, second year. Isaiah Joe is in like his third year or fourth year. I think it's third. They're not supposed to be doing this. Like, I think we got a little accustomed to them being really good when they weren't supposed to be really good. So just write it out and enjoy it the rest of the way, Thunder fans. Or don't. It's up to you. Let's hit some of these comments before I get out of here. David Skelton asks, where did our defense go? And why do we keep putting ourselves in such big holes? Uh, David, I think this is just the ebb and flow of a very young team. Um, Consistency is one thing that young teams struggle with. I would, this is weird because I'm always a pessimist, but I would look at this optimistically. The Thunder have been right at top 10 defense in the league for a long stretch. They've shown their ceiling without playing any real rim protection whatsoever. Are they regressing now? Yeah. You know what? And that's fine. Because they've shown you flashes of what the future will look like. I would worry a little less about the dips and more about the peaks. Eamon says, as a Lu Tang stan, this week has been rough to say the least. Lou ain't playing great. Dylan is calling me out, but then says it's the wrong chat. Better be the wrong chat, Dylan. Don't come at me with that. Eamon says, how do our analysis of players change when Shea gets back and when Chet is with the team, particularly Lou? It's a wonderful question. I think Shea being out has really shown. I don't think it shows more about the other guys as it shows about just how much Shea elevates this team. Again, trying to be glass half full, I think this team struggling without Shea is a good thing because you grow through struggle. Here's like philosopher Gandalf Niffin coming out here. You grow through struggle. 
if they're going out and winning games uh, and and beating teams, like maybe they're not learning as much. Let them struggle and let them learn. You don't learn how to swim if you never get in the pool, right? Let them struggle a little bit and let them build it up. Um, There's a lot of talent. There's a lot of guys with a lot of upside. There are some guys that need to learn what they're good at, what they're bad at, and what they need to improve at. I think Lou is a great candidate for that, right? So I don't think it says much about the other guys as it says about Shea. Gable says, here are the game notes. Bad call, bad call, bad call, an awful call. Might be fair. I think there were some missed calls tonight. David, teams were dropping 130 points plus against us when Lou was out. They are so quick to forget. I think Lou struggled a little bit defensively since the break. I think that's fair to say. Um, Nobody is infallible on this team. Lou has struggled. We do know Lou is a great defender. He's had some some issues. Hopefully, he's able to bounce back. Um, Gable also says, if we jumped to number one, I would genuinely cry. Gable, I have no clue what I would do if the Thunder land at number one. I can tell you this, though. On the night of the NBA draft lottery, I think the Thunder will be in the lottery. At this point, I I think they're going to miss the plan. On lottery night, the young contested guys, at least the ones that live in Oklahoma City, we're going to get together and we're going to watch the lottery. Last year, we posted videos. You can go find them. They're, They're actually really fun. JD, Taylor, and I were together for the lottery. And we recorded it, and we collectively lost our freaking minds when they got number two. And we didn't know who they were going to take. We didn't know if it was going to be Chet or Jabari or Paulo. If they land number one somehow, I am telling you right now at this moment, that live-streamed podcast is going to be the most ignorant shit you have ever seen in your life. We're probably going to get banned from YouTube. We're going to get banned from all the podcast platforms. The NSA is going to be tapping into the the show. We are going to be ignorant. I would tune in. Uh, Eamon corrects me. He says third year for Isaiah Joe. And better, better to struggle without Shea than with Shea. Couldn't agree more. You guys can't tell you how much I appreciate you. Even after an ugly loss and five straight losses in a row, you still continue to show up and listen to us talking to microphones about basketball. Means the world to me. Thank you so, so, so much. Before I get out of here, I do want to plug the uncontested shirts. You can see mine right here if you're on the live stream. I've got my J-Dub Rookie of the Year shirt that Nane designed for us. I know that the shirts are for the podcast that I'm on, so I'm going to be biased. But let me tell you something. As a broke public educator in Oklahoma, I typically don't splurge on my money. I don't go out and buy fancy things. But I spent the $28 or whatever it was at cottonbureau.com on my J-Dub shirt. It is hands down my most favorite shirt in my closet. The material, like I don't know how to describe it. It's like a, it's like a blend. It's not just cotton. It's a blend. 
incredibly soft. Uh, fits really, really great. Uh, the most comfortable shirt, like T-shirt that I own, bar none. I got a lot of like graphic tees. Most comfortable one. I get compliments whenever I wear it to a Thunder game all the time. People ask me where I got it from, so I get to brag on the uncontested. I would encourage you to go snag. We've got tons of shirts. We got J-Dub shirts. We got Shea shirts. Uh, we got Trey Man shirts. We got Lou Dort shirts. We got uncontested shirts. We got Josh Giddy shirts. We got Chet Holmgren shirts. The Thin Towers, baby. The inflatable arm guys. Go snag you some shirts from the uncontested uh, at cottonbureau.com. If you just go to Cotton Bureau and then you search the uncontested, you will find our shop and all of our merch there. I think you guys will really enjoy them. They're really nice shirts. Appreciate you guys tuning in. We will be back with you Friday after the Thunder have another home game against the Utah Jazz. Second time they've played the Jazz in like a week and a half. My guy, Justin Peabody, will be on the show that night. So join him afterwards. Sunday, the Thunder play the Jazz again. And we will be live right after that for a full hour-long show with the whole team. That'll be fun. Make sure to join us then. And then after that Tuesday, the Thunder play at home to finish up the homestand against the Golden State Warriors. There's a chance that Steph may be playing that one, so that'll be interesting. Our guy, J-Dub, will have you covered for that one. Really appreciate you guys. Go download the show wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're over that 1K mark, so that's awesome. Uh, we're monetizing on YouTube. We've made a nickel so far um eventually we're gonna have enough to maybe buy me a happy meal so keep watching the youtube vids thank you guys so much have a great great thursday and friday we'll be back with you friday evening or justin will at least you guys take it easy have a great rest of your week and as always and wrap. the headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.